News Earthlings, and welcome to your weekly dose of newsy infotainment. It's Let's Be Treasonable coming to you from various places in and around Los Angeles, including Treasonable Studios, with your cognitive dissidents on the panel this week. Comedian, world traveler, economist, and the host and creator of the Villains of History podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, always a pleasure to have her here, Kat Alvarado. Welcome, Kat. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. How are you? I am doing great myself. I don't know why I'm talking like that. What's up? <laughs> I'm I'm doing all right. Actually, I will talk about that in a minute, but glad to hear you're doing well. Glad you're here with us. Also on the panel this week, he is a comedian, an actor, a raconteur, a juggler of words and objects, currently working on the follow-up to his debut comedy album, A Little Off the Top of My Head. It is my proud pleasure to introduce Mr. Jim Coughlin. Welcome back, sir. Why, thank you, Dave. It's a real pleasure to be here. <laughs> All right, we're going to want to go a little more natural. No, it is. Uh, it's, I, I love your responses to your introductions on the show. It's just, it, it entertains me to no end. So I thank you for that, and I, I thank you for being here. The Black Voice of Reason, Mr. Time and Ship, is off this week in celebration of his birthday. Speaking of which, happy belated birthday to Cat Alvarado. Uh, thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, congratulations. Another year, and oh, what a year it has been. Me, I'm Dr. David. <laughs> I'm Dr. David Robinson, as always, I am your Vin Scully for the impending apocalypse, not to mention the current one, fingers crossed. And we do have a lot to talk about. But first, a word from our sponsors at Community Spread. It's morning in America. And people are waking up to the great taste of community spread. I kind of want toast, but it can be so boring. Butter, margarine, jams, jellies. I want something new. Here, try this. It's community spread. But you've already taken a bite out of it. What are you, smooth down there? Try it. Whoa, that's sick. But what's in it? What's in community spread? We're still waiting for the CDC to let us know. Well, it's deli- Wait, did he just say the CDC? That's right. Community spread. Available at... Actually, I don't know where I got it. No, but seriously, back to that CDC thing. And it's not just for toast. Pancakes, waffles, sandwiches... Why, there's no telling where it'll show up. Community spread isn't recommended for older adults or people with chronic health conditions. Stop using community spread if you've experienced difficulty breathing or shortness of breath, persistent pain or pressure in the chest, bluish lips or face, new confusion, or an inability to arouse. Community spread. From the folks who brought you, I can't believe I'm not better. It's the toast-topping sensation that's sweeping the nation, and there's nothing you can do about it. And new from the makers of Community Spread, it's Unmitigated Spread. If you barely acknowledged Community Spread before, try Unmitigated Spread. Unmitigated Spread, it's time for a second peek. So I mentioned there is a uh, a lot to talk about this week. It is the first day of the Hebrew year, 5781. So Shana Tova to everyone who is celebrating. Uh, someone recently asked me, they're like, hey, so it's it's the year 2020, right? I'm like, yeah, last time I checked. He said, so why are Jews celebrating 5781? I said, oh, well, that's because we're from the future so 
Always, always good to, you know, keep people on their toes, I think. It is 45 days until the election. And as of today, we've got... Timpany. 198,475 Americans dead from the coronavirus and 6,747,500 confirmed cases. Those are your coronavirus totals for the week. You guys like that? Wow. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, well, we, you know, it's one of those. We have, you want to laugh, and then at the same time, you're like, I don't want to be recorded laughing. At right? That. Yeah, it's uh, it's delicate, but you know, so Labor Day was a few weeks ago, and we we had been talking about how it's just not the same with no telethon. You know, which there hasn't been one for a few years, but. This year, you're pretty much locked in, hey, a full, you know, multiple days worth of continuous television programming for your edification. Wow. But yeah, so we don't have that. And I figured, well, we do need to maybe, I don't know, not see the levity of so many people dying and getting sick. But, uh, you know, the government is treating it like a joke. So if anyone who likes what they're doing gets offended by uh, us using that sound effect uh, fuck you it's being sarcastic it's being satirical i mean if you don't understand satire get out like leave stop listening to this yeah and you young. know i i do think at this point in the conversation uh, i i should point out that rosh hashanah does in, in addition to being the, the first day of a new year, it also signifies the beginning of the Days of Atonement that, you know, between now and Yom Kippur, I am supposed to seek forgiveness uh, from those who I have offended over the past year. And I, I think it's pretty much on brand for me to start with a big middle finger uh, saying, hey, I will give the standard politician, if you were offended by what I have said, uh, it, through this show. I mean, I'm sure there are people who I've upset in my day-to-day -day life who deserve a more sincere apology and, and seeking well, forgiveness. But for people who get offended by this show, specifically in terms of comedy and topics, um, yeah, I, I really crave your forgiveness. <laughs> I uh, First off, I, I don't know if it works like a 12-step, but... I accept your apologies. Oh, thank you. I, <laughs> yeah. Me too. Me too. I'm going to jump on that bandwagon and also accept your apologies for uh, offending me. I, yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh. um, I, was, I was on a Twitter thread today and somebody was deeply offended because they had been misgendered as male. <gasps> no, I would be offended too. As a male, their, their <laughs> pronouns are on their page on Facebook, you know? True. Well, if you go to their Facebook page, their pronouns are not on there. That statement is not on there. <laughs> and their profile photo of this person who's deeply offended had uh, Jay Leno praying. So he's seated and praying. And then there's two uh, additional Donald Duck images. And then some writing that might be in Kurdish, and it said namaste. And it's like, yeah, that doesn't seem like somebody who's like really uh, particular <laughs> about how they're perceived. Anyway, I just thought, it's you a know. a lot of things everywhere. 
Yeah, yeah. Interesting. And we we were somehow uh, to to know that they were not a dude. Mm. Hmm. You know, I I think hmm. the the thing is, and it it goes both ways. I mean, there 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 are definitely people who are out there you know, with a purpose of offending people, quote unquote, owning the libs or whoever, or, you know, just to get a rise out of being a dick to people. And I, I think the uh, easily offended, no matter what they identify as in terms of this is the part of me that you are offending, but you need to listen to what people are saying and granted you're not going to know we not like we interact in person that much these days world being what it is but you know when someone is deliberately being offensive and you know yeah there are gray areas sometimes it's like you know wait are you fucking with me what's going on here but if your first reaction is, you know, you have offended my mortal being and to the core of me, and it's like, I just asked you to pass the salt, man. You know, so it's like, think about the, the scale of your reaction. To Choose things. your battles, too. Yeah. Yeah, that that as well. I, I, I think my it, father, my father was killed in a passing the salt incident <laughs> and when you asked me to pass the salt i mean you didn't even think about the emotion that brought up it's you know what it's like phoebe cates and gremlins too where like every <laughs> oh lincoln's birthday i hate lincoln's birthday when i you know run, as uh, your token millennial that is uh i that reference goes over my head but uh, also as your token millennial i will point out <laughs> that um you know, it's not that bad. You can, you can like, okay, I'm, what am I saying? I think, yeah, we shouldn't get overly mad about misgendering people, but also uh, be first careful time. about it. Like, just be nice. Because some people yeah. will do that. Some people will do it passive aggressively. And I, I genuinely say that. Well, yeah, they no, will absolutely. say the wrong gender and then be like, oh, whoops, I was just, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't oh. know. But they're oh, doing it in like yeah. this really thick, I mean, that's way the alt-right works they say things that yeah. are like really like ironically trolly like oh well you can't tell them something bad you know like yeah how come they get to say the n-word and i don't into something that's huh how come they get to say the n-word and i don't yeah yeah Isn't so it, I, mean, you know, I, I try to pretty much avoid terms that involve gender unless it's really necessary and you know i, I don't call anybody a dude or a bro or a bruh you know I call I call everybody a dude or a yeah, bro or a bra. Like you can either go one way or the other. Yeah. I mean, if you because I don't. Well, I mean, I would hope that if I if I do encounter a trans person and I call them a, a dude bro bra, that they would be like, <laughs> oh, but you're from California and you call everybody dude. Because let me just say that is a uniquely California thing. <laughs> I once had a roommate from Spain and she was like, oh, well, let me do an impression of people from California, and she was just like. Yes, dude. How are you doing, dude? Oh, good morning, dude. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, dude, is that really how we talk? Yeah. <laughs> dude, that's crazy. <laughs> dude, I know exactly what you mean. I I also uh, have a dude-centric vernacular. And <laughs> I, I do know people who get upset by it, and I try 
not to use it in reference to them, but it's in a, in a similar sense and not like you always need to have a personal experience that you can tie into this sort of thing so you can have the understanding. But years ago I I was dating this girl, you know, it was a long-term kind of thing. And she started calling me boo. And this is like, you know, long enough ago that that wasn't like, wow, basic. Did she also drink pumpkin spice latte? But I, you know, I'm like, all right, you know, I'm not much for the nickname thing, but that's cute, whatever. And then I was over at her house and noticed that she kept calling her cat boo. And I'm like, okay, so here's, here's where I am on the nickname thing. Like, you know, if you want to come up with something that's not offensive or demeaning, great. But if it's the same thing you call your cat, yeah, we're not doing that. Uh, she, she got all upset and it's like, I, sorry, no, you know, not cool with that. So when someone gets offended by being called dude, uh, whatever their perceived gender is, it's like, all right, cool. It's, I either, you know, will make, well, I will both make a grand effort to try and curb my speech, but more likely I'm just going to stop talking to you because especially if it's a social like a party kind of setting and there are drinks uh going around as the evening goes on it gets a lot harder to police your speech not for you know racism and stuff that if if it's if you're too drunk to to stop saying racist things then you know go home uh, call it a night. You know, since since we're uh, avoiding talking about RBG, well, I no, want to also we're gonna add. Get um, to that. <laughs> <laughs> nice way to introduce the topic. <laughs> um, I want to also add. Hey, are you guys watching Cobra Kai? Because speaking about misgendering and taking offense, that is, I'm really enjoying that show. And there was one particular episode. I want to say like four or five in season one. I'm just starting the season, or just starting the show. And um, he's like calling these kids names and it's like really cringeworthy like dude are you gonna are you really gonna be an a-hole to all these kids who come to your uh to your dojo and there's one kid named lip and he's like so lip you're gonna be a freak you're gonna like you're gonna be upset that i call you a freak because you're gonna get people making fun of you like just like you're gonna get people who will punch you below the belt like you gotta be able to take it he has a hair lip he has a hair lip yeah and so you're like, oh man, he's gonna quit. And spoiler alert, he comes back, and they think he's they think he's gonna quit. He comes back, and he like gets a mo. He has a mohawk now to distract <laughs> people from the the lip. And now he has a new nickname, and the nickname is Hawk. So yeah, that that was a very cool turn of events. Yeah, yeah I really like that. Um, but that kind of um, I don't know. Success is the best revenge. I don't know. Kind of feel like that relates to that, where it's like, you know what? If somebody misgenders you, that sucks. It it, it does. You did, obviously, we don't want that. Um, it's unpleasant. But just be more badass than them, and then, you know, leave it all behind. Get a mohawk. <laughs> Get a mohawk. Whatever your mohawk is. Hairstyles and, uh, and attitudes. Yeah. It's, by the way, uh, just to backtrack a minute. So, like, Gremlins 2 is... <laughs> I, I, no, no, just because, like, the the thing about Gremlins 2 is it effectively parodies the first one, but it still works as its own 
movie. The story works, but a lot of stuff is just a flat-out mockery of elements from the first movie. And, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, just it's very meta, a lot of fun. Uh, I've never seen gremlins or gremlins too oh. to me it's a young it's a young person's movie and now here cats like oh it's you know before my time so no well, I, I i haven't seen it but i have seen a key and peel sketch that makes fun of gremlins too so i have a gist of the gotcha. situation just a very like distant gist kind of like how lacroix gives you the distant gist of flavor you know <laughs> <laughs> nice by the way, not that I'm putting off talking about RBG, but what what is it with you kids and the hard seltzer these days? <laughs> that's well, the, we're, no, we're that's, all low sugar. That's so. a little bit your people, isn't it, David? No, no, no. We're we're good seltzer, my people. This, I mean, oh, this is, is like it's it's basically it's it's Zima with different flavors. It's like we survived Zima back in the nineties. It's much much like see now. Here's here's a segue. Let me tell you, but much like our generation, us us Gen Xers have learned from the mistakes of our past and have not sought to return to the ways of Zima. You kids in the in the hard seltzer, it's it's kind of like America not learning from all the gains that we've made, still not where we need to be, but in terms of civil liberties for minorities and based on gender, uh, we have come so far. Was he talking about LaCroix or Claw? <laughs> I think he was making a metaphor. It's a metaphor of that we haven't learned from the ways of Zima, just like we haven't learned from the nice. ways of people nice. were racist. Yeah. Yeah. Did I get it? Did I nail the metaphor? Yeah. Zima is Plessy versus Ferguson. <laughs> it's like, that's the wrong way to go. Uh, Dred Scott decision, maybe. Yeah, we can- yeah. I mean, that's yeah. basically it. And not saying that the millennials aren't, are not are the ones who haven't learned from history. And the, the millennials are only effective in the Zima hard seltzer thing. It's, it's Americans. And not all Americans, but who seemingly have not learned from America's history as well as world history that we are, you know, we are on a precipice. We are on the edge. And I, I, I think it's, it's interesting. It's, it says a lot about the country that as soon as the news broke that Justice Ginsburg had had died. Everyone was talking about, oh, what's Mitch McConnell going to do? You know, what are are all all these Republicans like Lindsey Graham? You know, who when when McConnell stymied the Merrick Garland pick for Obama, said, well, next time this is this will serve as precedent. Will these guys act? Uh-oh. You know, like gentlemen, will they honor? And it's like, what? really we're asking that and mcconnell like right out of the gate said yeah we're gonna everything that i purported to stand for before complete bullshit we're not we're not doing that now and i haven't heard from lindsey graham but the the idea that people are still wondering if if folks like lindsey graham and and jim jordan and mitch mcconnell and donald trump Will this be the moment that that they will 
show themselves to be ethical and and just individuals it's like no who the fuck no like that's not that's not gonna happen it's really sad that we don't that we have no hope in people anymore I feel like you can have hope in people if they're on your team a well, little bit. Like, I, mean, I, I feel very inspired by, by people pitching in for things, but alas, see, I the think other though, side sucks. I think there's a difference between having faith in people and having faith in politicians. Um, mm, you know, good, good difference. Good and difference. Yeah, I mean, there are, there are going to be a lot of folks on the right who you know, to use the, the Cobra Kai reference are going to be send them home in a body bag. But I think there are somewhat principled, if we can call them principled Republicans, like, you know, the, the folks at the bulwark and the Lincoln project who, hey, you know, it's, it was their basic lack of principles that led us to where we are now. Uh, but much in the spirit of these days of atonement, they're they're trying to, you know, make good on the the damage that they've caused. Too little, too late in a lot of people's minds, but they are they are putting in the effort. So, I think you take the allies where you can, but if you don't trust them or you didn't trust them before they revealed themselves to be allies. You should still keep an eye on them. Absolutely. I think. I think. Uh, are we headed towards a court stacking by a Democratic president? Probably I, not. I, Probably Biden won't go that way. But I don't no, know. Biden's going to be like too principled to do something like that. Plus, I don't think we should open that door. That's a very that. Yeah, see, I disagree and, with that. Genie back in the bottle the, because once we court stack, then they're going to court stack, and then there's just going to be a bazillions of court stacking. But now we're that's. Have 50 I judges. mean, the door's already open. You know, the Republicans have been playing dirty for so fucking long. And the difference is, and my mental gymnastics to to justify it, is that there is nothing illegal about stacking the court. So if it is the only remedy left to the Democrats to preserve freedom, and this is this is the thing. You know, I put a news briefing together for for the show every week, and it's usually limited to stories from the previous week. But I went back to a, a story from, I think it was two or three weeks ago, when Trump was talking about his potential Supreme Court picks, if he were to get another one. And Ted Cruz is on that list. And yeah. when when we were talking about it on the show, the week that it was in the news, I remember Erica Schickel was on the panel. And she was like, this is just, you know, this is a d- bullshit distraction. And I, no, I mean, they're good with the bullshit distractions to get everyone to start arguing about one thing over here while they're causing even greater damage over here. But I think this is more along the lines of them throwing something out to test the waters. Now, will this this will shift the court to six to three, right? Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. So, you know, you just have to add, uh, <laughs> what, four judges? Sure. That would work. Or is who, you know, I don't know enough about the judiciary and the department of justice but who is the 
legal equivalent of Tanya Harding. Or really, just Sean Galuli. Basically, what I'm suggesting... Mitch McConnell, right? Oh, no, legal? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we basically, we need someone to, to be our Tanya Harding and come in and start legally. Not I'm not advocating physical violence much. I, I mean, it would be horrible if anyone misinterpreted my words to think that I was suggesting that someone actually take a pipe and start kneecapping Kavanaugh and and Gorsuch and Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham. Stop, stop, stop. You're arousing me. I feel very <laughs> uh, sexually harassed right now. You're saying things that are... <laughs> <laughs> Too stimulating. It might just be the coffee. But, uh, you know, I I think it's if they want to use the law as written, not as it has been interpreted as precedent establishes, if they want to use the law to disadvantage the Democrats, and that also comes in the form of voter suppression and gerrymandering, then... I, I think Democrats need to be willing to. But if we're going to play dirty, we have to come up with our own strategies to counterbalance it when the other side does it. You know what I'm saying? Like the, just the same oh, way yeah, Mitch McConnell no, 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 no. had but a plan in place. He probably had this press release written, you know, months ago, where he's like, "Okay, here's exactly what we're going to say to." Um, so that we don't seem like hypocrites. I mean, they're going to seem like hypocrites, but here's what we're going to say to our own people so that we can jam it through. This is our plan because we are hypocrites. Ugh. I mean, I honestly, this the hypocrisy of all of it just makes me sick. Like how shitty politicians are. It's garbage. I mean, someone was just asking me about the whole Kamala Harris sleeping her way to the top thing, which, by the way, um, yes, she was dating someone above her who did help her get a, a higher position. But he, for the record, he wasn't married and it was pretty above board. Um, look into it. But, wait, um, wait, people actually have like, consensual relationships? <gasps> Aghast. Oh, my God. Well, Democrats uh, do. <laughs> <laughs> right. So this guy was messaging me last night and he's going, I can't believe you're going to support them because Kamala Harris slapped her way to the top. I'm like, whoa, 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 buddy, buddy, big picture. None of these people are fine. Like none of them. And the same way that all these male politicians have affairs, this is the version of the female that is that we're going to see that. By the way, I'm sure a lot of women have had to do that kind of a thing because guess what? It's hard to be a woman. And if you see a woman at the top, there is a chance that at some point she gave someone a blowjob, you're going to hear about it, or gave someone nudes and you're going to hear about it. Is it ideal? But, but, Absolutely but not. Enough about Ivanka. <laughs> <laughs> So. You <laughs> think you think she put out? Is, is first of all the uh, the big picture, right? The things that are at stake that affect the whole country outweigh being petty about some little bullshit thing. And second of all, yeah, she came up. She grew up like she was going up her career ladder she's at an legit. earlier time she's than me. Legit. I. I hope that I never have to do that at some point in my career to move up. But I think that she is people like her, people of her generation are fighting so that people from my generation don't have to give BJs to get to the top. Does that make sense? Yeah. And honestly, she should address it head on like that. That's the messaging I would use is you know, it was a different era. Well, and, and also uh, I don't, I don't remember where the quote came from. I think it's from a movie. You know, you, you want to complain about someone sleeping their way to the top. Nobody tries to sleep their way to the middle. So, you know, it's, 
It's you're, the way you're, you're supposed gonna to do, do it. Do it, yeah. do it right, much. I guess. Hey. But yeah, I mean, it's not like she's yeah, having. It's not like she's having her lawyers send one hundred thirty thousand dollar checks to playmates and porn stars to win an election, nonetheless, not just to buy off their silence, but basically as as we've been discussing, uh, to to cheat. And one of the one of the things talk about another segue, one of the things that is is a big problem with the cheating is that they are able to convince their side, particularly the the crazy fringe elements of their side, but those elements are getting more mainstream by the day, that, well, it what we're doing may seem bad, but it's not like what the Democrats are doing with their pizza parlor basement child pornography rings to get the blood of the children and drink it to preserve their youth in Hollywood movies. It's called fillers, you guys. It's called fillers. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> no, fillers that's that's the thing. Baby. You got to get the young kids where there's no fillers. It's all natural, organic, grass-fed. If you hold can. Hold on, hold on. Let me see. So I can either imprison uh, small babies and then uh, torture them to get their fear to get the adrenaline and and use that to keep young, or fillers. I yes. see. I'm gonna go with fillers. Seems easy. Yeah. <laughs> they look great. Well, honestly, I have fillers. I don't know what well, they're made of. Allergy made Conway, them. You know? I, I, I trust big corporations <laughs> to put things in my face. <laughs> See, I, I would say that's nuts. But I, as a smoker, I'm, you know, well, although I don't trust i wouldn't say i trust the tobacco companies i know exactly what i'm doing uh when i you know every cigarette it's like bring bring me closer to my my untimely death por favor side note i love good to have goals. the hypocrisy i love the hypocrisy of the anti-vaxxers who also get botox it's like <laughs> oh that's beautiful things into your body well, so we Effective. we have established that we are living in a world full of crazy people doing crazy things. Some things not crazy, just seem that way from the outside. And hey, you know, Viva Variety, it's it's always fun to have some crazy folks around, not only to share their interesting ideas, but to also give you perspective and the ability to go yeah, no, I'm sane. I'm fine. If this is if this is what's running around out there, in comparison, I'm I'm doing okay. Problem is, these days, those kind of crazy folks with the really fucked up ideas are finding their way into government positions. In particular, uh, let's let's talk about Michael Caputo at uh, Health and Human Services, who just took a a medical leave of absence. But this is this is the uh, the HHS spokesman who had the Facebook live chat that was basically like an inventory of QAnon's greatest craziest hits. Oh wow! So you're saying that a diehard QAnon had a mental health disaster? <laughs> yeah. Wow! I, the, that is the most unpredictable thing. I know. Wow! Wouldn't have thunk it, but you know. I mean, only the best people, only the best people in Trump's government. And this is, this is who is supposed to be 
the person who is informing Americans about what is going on in terms of health, and he's spewing crazy shit about Democrats, like manufacturing a virus to come and take your guns or whatever the fuck he was saying. And that's getting all the press. Well, in the same week, we find out that the really confusing CDC guidelines on testing were actually written by folks in the White House, folks with no medical expertise, certainly not at the level of the CDC. We're finding out that the White House nixed a postal service plan to distribute cloth masks to everyone in America. Yeah. So there, there are distractions of, Hey, look at, look at this that we know are insane and crazy, but what the fuck? It's a show as, as the uh, LA traffic reporters like to call people, you know, let's, let's be looky loose and let's go to the freak show, whatever you want to call it. And in the meantime, there's some really important shit going on that's getting the pay no attention to the man behind the curtain treatment. Of course it is. We, you know, there's this new HR McMaster book coming out, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to read that. <laughs> Sorry, I, I laugh only because, and again, going to the generational thing, Kat, I don't know if you'll understand this, but... Oh, HR. Yeah, there is such disappointment when HR isn't followed by puffin stuff. So, H.R. McMaster book. Sorry, I interrupted. I'm sorry. All, all I'm interjecting is that we are at maximum fuck-up where a guy can come out with a book about insane shit that Trump has done and said that should be enough to remove him from office, but in it's cluttered out by other books, by other people who work for Trump, who are revealing information that should cause him to be removed from office. Oh yeah. my God! Yeah, he is Nixon on crack. Yeah, well, and, and steroids. By the way, quick plug for and the meth. Nixon episode of uh, Villains of History. Really fun. <laughs> Thank you. But uh, Chris Cope. Yeah, I, I think in addition to all that, after four years of the lies and the bullshit, I think America is at a saturation point where even though we're in the lightning round where the prizes are bigger and the consequences are much tougher, people people are sort of, you know, they're not immune, but to, to maintain their sanity, they've tuned it out enough that, oh yeah, you know, eh, Trump lies, what are you going to do? It's like, yeah, but now he's like, openly advocating you know for the murder of people he's talking about like a, a hitler youth sort of re-education program to counterbalance that like it's how do we get the culture of the right to come back down to reality it, it's it's bonkers and i think it's going to take us looking harder at how they are making fun of us how, like we need to do a lot more oppo research ourselves so that we can come up with strategies to counterbalance that. Because I think the the left is so in its own heart that it's also up its own ass. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, we, did you ever see the movie Brain Candy? Uh, huh? The Kids in the Hall movie, Brain Candy? Oh, I haven't. Awesome. So 
Oh, so great. But there's <laughs> there's one scene where the, the center of the plot is uh, this pharmaceutical company. And they need their next big new drug. So they've got the scientists coming into the conference room to talk to the board and tell them what they're working on. And one of the characters that Bruce McCulloch plays is like, so it's a pill that gives worms to ex-girlfriends. And the the head of the company, Don Rorder, who's played by Mark McKinney doing a great Lorne Michaels impression, uh, it's like, right, so uh, does this pill also give worms to ex-boyfriends? My colleague's like, <laughs> you don't get it. It's a pill that gives worms to ex-girlfriends. And it's, the, the right is so far gone. How, how do you not get it? It's, it's a pill that gives worms to ex-girlfriends, guys. This is, this is the answer to all our prayers. You're like, yeah, does, does it? Isn't it? No, this isn't. And they're just so insistent that, no, this is the thing. You know, we're fine. Everything is great. I don't, you lefties, you weirdos, you, you know, you want to have abortions up to five years after the child is born. You're weird. You want to take our guns and our Bibles. And so many of them are like so far gone. And with the left being so far up our own asses, there are so many people who want to get into the minutia. Like you were saying earlier, they don't see the big picture. They can't see the forest for the trees. So they want to fight amongst the other lefties and put down other lefties for not being as on the ball with things uh, that then they won't, a, collaborate with each other so that we can win, and B, we won't look at the other side and make a battle plan. You guys, you don't win without a battle plan, not even a battle yeah. plan, a war plan. Like Game of Thrones, you have the whole table laid out with those little pawns, and we move it around, and we see how we can combat the alt-right anti-Semitism and neo-Nazism that is growing uh, over there on that side. But we don't do that, because we're so busy going... You know what? I think that women should grow hair on their armpits, and we need to come up with a fifth pronoun to use. Um, and anyone who doesn't use it and know about it five minutes after I tweet about it is a Nazi. Like, yeah. Well, just that, a note for I those women: you know, furries is already taken, well, so we need to come up with a different name. We, we focus on on victories that have meaning for you know average American. I hate to say average, but you know Americans. So that they start to, you know, like with Obamacare, you know, uh, hopefully that is slowly sinking in that, hey, not losing your insurance because you have a pre-existing condition or whatever. These are benefits that make my life better. And it's not bad if my neighbor has it, too. You know? Yeah. But I uh, think one of the problems when I was listening to um, the MSNBC coverage when Ruth Bader Ginsburg's death was announced. And, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to be the wet blanket here, but I, I, you know, trying to approach this with some semblance of realism. And they, they were talking about how even if Trump and McConnell do cram another Nazi onto the court, like, but you know, public opinion is is pro-abortion. Public opinion is pro-black people not getting murdered by police officers. And 
yeah, it, it is great that with the advancements that America has made in civil rights over the past 50 years, we, we have come a long way and there's, there's definitely longer to go. But the problem is if, you know, we, we have seen uh, in the last four years, public opinion doesn't really matter if they already have the senators and the judges in place. What, what the people want doesn't matter jack shit to how the law true, is being true. enforced. And so what do you do? You know, well, a lot of these judicial appointments, much like, you know, Supreme Court seat, are lifetime appointments. So that's when I, I know it's extreme and it is satire when I say that the Democrats need a, a legal Tanya Harding. But it, I think it, it's also intended to sort of really lay out the, the scale of what we're facing, you know, and I was talking about Caputo and what he, the harm he's likely done in his position at HHS and the others, the Trump loyalists, the QAnon followers, the, the purely ignorant and to have them in positions of power. Ultimately, this is harming all of us. Yes. So, do we do we have the time that it it has taken some republicans to come around and it's it's not just the virus it's climate change trump comes in sees the damage talks to people and still walks away going yeah well you know the science isn't really in on it the scientists are like yeah the, the you know the science is in you you just don't listen I mean, I wonder, I wonder, just throwing this out there, uh, after Trump is out of office in two days or four years and two months, um, I think that the charm will wear off because he's no longer the source for their wins. It'll be easier for a lot of people to go, oh, yeah, that guy is is terrible, and I only voted him for him because blah, blah, blah. And they'll justify why they voted for him. But anyway... I think they'll move away from Trump and maybe some of these Project Lincoln people will become legitimate candidates for maybe president or I don't know. Um, I hope so. Yeah, I truly hope so. I, I would like to think so. But like the story that came out this week about Trump saying, well, you know, thank God. Now I don't have to shake hands with those fucking idiots or horrible disgusting people uh you know let's change the words a little it's in the tradition of adam schiff i reinterpret uh but the the point being i i think we're we're entering an age and like i was just saying how long do we have to wait for people to come around and by then will it be too late to do anything about it yeah i i agree that the the shine for a lot of people that supported him in 2016, the shine has worn off. But like I was saying, with all, all the judges are in place, the Senate's in place, you know, they refuse to, to even look at the impeachment. They still refer to Russian interference in, in that election as well as the upcoming one as a hoax. Well, the FBI presents ample evidence to prove that it isn't. 
what are we supposed to be thankful that at this point, hey, at least Trump is still charming about it. You know, he's he's still saying shit about not having to shake hands with disgusting people behind doors instead of just blindly demonstrating his contempt for everyone out and out in the open. And I guarantee you, if if he does get declared the winner of the election in November or December, whenever they tally up all the votes and get through the lawyers, he doesn't have to be charming anymore. (laughs) Not that he has been charming in the traditional sense of the word, but as he would interpret it, you know, pussy grabbing and all. God damn it. Yeah. Sorry. If he wins again, I think, I think the revert, what am I saying? If we can defeat him in November, I think there's a chance we can reverse some of the damage he's done and go back to making all this crazy nonsense be fringe again, as we should. If he wins another four years, we're going to see all of the mainstreaminess, that momentum of it becoming mainstream. I think not only will it be very, very, if not impossibly difficult to reverse, it could hit a tipping point. Now, I would are when when I say tipping point, I mean it in like the um, the Malcolm Gladwell sense. If it hasn't already, but it it will be absolutely super mainstream by the end of another four years. It'll be done. No old Republican Party. It'll just be QAnoners. Yeah, I I don't doubt yeah. that. I mean, you can't you can't argue against that. You know, I think the best thing to do is 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 create a third three party system. We the old Republicans and moderate Democrats need to band together and make a sizable third party. And I don't know what you call that party. And I don't know if it's going to be up to me to make it happen. I will fucking do it. Um, Well, (laughs) if I can pull up this fundraiser, I feel like I can do anything. Um, But we need to make that third party so that we can then strategize and siphon off people from the other extremes because this is bullshit and nobody seems to be fighting it the right way. No one's making a concerted fight against it. Right. I mean, I've been arguing, I I had recently learned this, that there's a thing called Duverger's law, which is the uh, idea that in our type of elections, which are winner take all, and you know, you vote in your district for one person and then whoever gets the most votes wins, that that always results in a two-party system. So places that have functioning democracies with multiple parties have proportional representation or some other thing. And uh, so we should look at that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I definitely would be, I think, a third or fourth party if that worked within our framework would be great. And here's the thing a lot of you know the the disgruntled left uh for for lack of a, a kinder term uh, for them they don't seem to do anything at at large. I mean there are some examples but they don't understand that if you want to build a third party in this country that you've got to start locally. You know, that's they're come you know i don't even know who's on the green ticket i i know they aren't on the ballot in certain states 
because they fucked up and Democrats sued them to basically keep them from splitting the vote. But yeah, it, there, there yeah. is no legitimate third party and it's not going to be launched on a national level. And right. I think a lot You're of right. these I folks also don't just think don't... the third party should be the Democrats, by the way. I think we need to just uh, jump ship on the Democrats. Give the Democrat party to the left. Let them have it. Let them be progressives. They can take it because I think the way... To, the word Democrat has been shit upon and strategized against for too long. There's no pulling it out of the toilet when we're fighting Republicans. If we want to fight Republicans effectively... We have to come up with new branding. See, I, I, in one way, I agree with you, but in the other way, and I was joking earlier about people who will welcome, they can use the N word and we can't. But I, I think the Democrats need to own the name. It's much like liberal back. Uh, I think it was in the Clinton era when, you know, the, the folks on the right were trying to make liberal a dirty word. And folks on the left sort of launched, you know, an unofficial sort of PR campaign saying, oh, well, you know, if liberal, you know, is is all about getting a 40 hour work week and children's out of factories and, you know, go over union and labor things and a woman having a right to choose what she does with her own body. Basically, well, if that's liberal, then call me a liberal. Uh, but I think. Rather than, I don't think the progressive arm of the party is going to want the name. I think Democrat and Republican, if if you're going to go through a thing of of coming up with new parties, those the old names should stand with the old thinking. Uh, I agree. I, I think you know what? Then fuck it. Let's rebrand both. Progressive, y'all can take progressive. The progressive party, take it. Do it. Do whatever you want with it. I don't care. Uh, centrists will make our own thing and we're going to bring some of those Republicans under our umbrella. All the nice people who live in the suburbs, all the Mitt Romneys, <laughs> all the me's who are like, y'all know communism is bad, right? Like <laughs> all of, all of us. And we're going to also take the Jews because apparently <laughs> I, Sweet. I'll take all the Jews. I'll take them. I'm going to love them. I'm going to give them all hugs uh-huh. because <laughs> there's the far right hates Jews also, the far left did its fair share of ethnic cleansing under the Soviet Union. So my party protects Jews. Um, that's one of our number one principles. <laughs> We're like, hi, no ethnic cleansing here it's in the center. A, it's a good and day to be chosen. <laughs> my chosen people. I'm God. No, just kidding. I'm not. I'm not Kanye West. <laughs> oh, thank God. By the way, uh, I just want to bring up that apparently, so I've had a fascination with the whole history of Adidas and Puma, right. which were founded by the Dostler brothers. brothers. They had Adidas, yeah, Adidas bro- uh, Brothers, um, I'm sorry, uh, Dassler Brothers Shoe Company. And they split up. Kanye West this week tweeted that he, as head of Adidas, he's going to reunify Adidas and Puma. He is shooting for German reunification. <laughs> Of a shoe company <laughs> while running for president. The man's amazing. Wow. <laughs> yeah. He's I, gonna be like, if I can unite Adidas and Puma, I can unite America. <laughs> yeah. Now maybe he's your guy. Maybe he's the guy that's gonna lead your centrist party. No, it's gonna be Mitt Romney. Um 
Okay. Maybe. Hmm. No, what? He's not sexy enough. You're right. Like, well, and by and I mean also, like Mark you know, sexy. Mitt Dodd. Romney is absolutely the most sexy senior citizen of all time. Uh, so. <laughs> you're lo- oh, you're losing the Jews, cat. <laughs> if I was if I was in like an over fifties book club, that book club would secretly be a Mitt Romney fan club, where we just wrote erotica, like fan fiction erotica, and we put Mitt Romney in all of it. That's. If I was old, if I was older, I'm did, you ever, did you ever see the, uh, did you ever see the, yeah, and watched it towards me. Well, the, <laughs> um. <laughs> there's also, did you ever see the, uh, the documentary on his, his presidential campaign from a few years ago? There is, no, I should watch it. Yeah. The, just the one clip that has defined the man to me for years since seeing it is when he tries ironing the shirt that he's wearing. Um, <laughs> not, and I mean, not full on ironing. He's just trying to do a touch up, but it's, it's sort of like the whole mask thing when, you know, you see a picture that someone took with a group and, and no one's wearing masks and you're like, yeah, no one's wearing masks and that. Well, it was, we just took them off for the picture. Oh, well, I'm sure the virus understands the virus is like, oh, well, they're, they're doing a picture. I don't want to, I don't want to intrude. I don't want to, you know, photo bomb. BT dubs. I have absolutely taken pictures without a mask on at shows. Uh, here's what I did. I took the mask off and held my breath. We took the picture. <laughs> I put it back on. So it's possible be very it's, careful. You just ways. gotta rush it. You're just like, uh, okay, done. Mm. <laughs> there, yeah. Uh, look, I'm I'm not, you know, universally. But when people are like, oh well, you know, we we just took them off. People who don't have the wisdom to hold their breaths, that it's oh, well, we just took it off. It's like virus doesn't care. You know, with for all these church people, and there was there's another pastor who, I think it was from Idaho. And preached against people wearing masks. Uh, yeah, Idaho pastor skeptical of masks lands in the ICU for COVID nineteen. The virus doesn't care that you're doing the Lord's work. I, I, I like that Herman Cain's Twitter account has now <laughs> tweeted about how we need to, you know, relax things, not not be so hardcore. And it's like, even though he literally died. So we were we were Hello. talking we were talking about you know, possibly forming new political parties and how, if you do have a legitimate third party, you can't launch it from a national stage. You got to start locally, build and make yourself a national presence. However, we are currently stuck with the two parties that we have. And like, you I miss the tea party, by the way. Who well, bring them back? <laughs> I mean, I I think they yeah. they are. They're the ones who took over. It they're they're the ones who led us to the party of Trump. They're not even I don't know. I it's, think they're pretty different. Ted Cruz is like the leader of the Tea Party and he was the one who was like super anti-Trump at the last Republican convention. He was no way he, he was until it suited changed. his needs to be pro-Trump. And especially now that Trump, you know, is talking about putting him on the Supreme Court, Ted Cruz is ready to eat a solid diet of your wife is ugly, your dad killed JFK, you're an idiot, whatever abuse, he is going to take it. 
on all four, if need be, because he wants that Supreme Court seat so badly. Ted Cruz, ultimately, he just wants to be liked. He wants to be respected. He's he's like a mini Trump in that way. Let's give him a sitcom. And can we whereas, give him a sitcom? Can ABC step in? Fox, can you give him a sitcom? Let's just yeah. take him out of commission because he'll be so happy being liked. Make it like the king of queens, something like that. Like the king of the... You king surround of him with strong actors house. that bring him up, you know? Yeah, and he'll be so happy. We'll put Ben Shapiro in it too. It'll be like two and a half men, but it's like... But it's more like Windy City Heat. <laughs> I want it to be a playoff of the word cruise, like cruise control. Or <laughs> Displeasure cruise. Something along those lines. <laughs> oh, gosh. I have cruise control. Pleasure cruise. Gross. I don't want to Dis- think of no, anything no, that displeasure. has had cruise and pleasure in displeasure it. Displeasure cruise. That- I, yeah. <laughs> it's. How about, but actually, just about- for, for accuracy, I, I know there's already polling out there of the least popular words, like, you know, moist cruise. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> How about if we got Lindsey Graham and we call it like cruising? <laughs> okay, it's it's two and a uh, two and two a half, and half Republicans, half. right? And it's got it's got Ted Cruz, it's got Lindsey Graham, and then we put a half a Republican. We throw Mitt Romney in the mix, and it's basically yeah. like the odd couple. With a third person element or alternative to Mitt Romney, you can just put Joe Biden in there, you know? Well, I figure you, you put uh, Mitt Romney in there and you call it the wave part two. And in the season finale, it's revealed that their leader still Hitler. So, Gosh, you know. darn it, we fell for it again. <laughs> oh, oh, Hitler. Grr. Yeah. <laughs> When we were sophomores, it turned out to be Hitler. But now we're juniors, and this new guy is promising to get rid of all the Jews. Yeah. <laughs> Who the leader's going to be? Have, oh, you guys talked about, have you guys talked about the growing anti-Semitism yet? Has that been a subject on, on, on no, reasonable? Uh, well, no. I mean, it's something, you know, I bring up, you know, from time to time, token Jew. Uh, it's... Like I was saying earlier with uh, the lies and the bullshit, and it's it's kind of frightening, but it's one of those things that I've just kind of come to accept as part of this administration. And I mean, also, I think as it, it's, and certainly not to say, you know, oh, hey, you know, I, I know what black people have been through and go through. And, you know, like I've said to uh, on this show before to time and, and I've said it elsewhere, in a way, especially being a Jew with an anglicized surname, I'm I have been somewhat jealous of my black friends because they know immediately when someone hates them because of of their race. Whereas me, there have been times in my life, you know, where you go months before someone who you thought was fairly cool comes out with the, wait a minute, you're one of them. Oh God. You know, and then that sounds they, terrible. Yeah. So it's one of those things that, you know, it's not I, I like know how many times I've apologized to David for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's asking me if I know of any like good Passover matzah that doesn't have the blood of Christian children in it because you well, are a vegetarian. I, so 
it's one of those things you do, Jim, where I, I appreciate yeah. the effort, but it's, to, yeah. yeah. You know, it's I, I knew from, from the first place. time that you, David, that you were a, a reptilian. <clears throat> I mean, Jew. What? <laughs> it comes out loose. <laughs> It's, well, admittedly, though, we did cat. We we did meet uh, at a Petco when I was like <laughs> trying to get free samples in the rodent section. So you're just like dressed up like Barney, actually. Yeah, <laughs> just put them in my mouth. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, my favorite part about being friends with Jews is all the Rothschild parties you guys take me to. They're really a fun time. Yeah. Um, meet so many celebrities. <laughs> It's, you know, it's what we do. Dark humor. <laughs> but that's- yeah, I mean, uh, you know, um, as my, I was reading The Elders of Zion the other day, and uh, good read. Anyway, um, no, but like, what what's funny about that is the Rothschilds are, there's still a lot of money in that family, but it's dissipated among, you know, thousands of descendants, and that's still the go-to. And it just shows you that, well, if, the, the if old lies. We're talking about the Rothschilds. Yeah, we're gonna be talking about Soros for like a hundred more years. You know. Yeah. So true. And it's. But um, there was something recently released. It wasn't this week, and I know it was. Oh God, it was in April a year ago. Um, really old news, but two thirds of millennials don't know about Holocaust Remembrance Day, or no, they don't know about Auschwitz, or that six yeah, million they Jews didn't know died. The num- I, that one doesn't bother me quite as much because they didn't know the number. Was one of them? One of the quizzes was that they didn't know six million Jews. Oh, twenty-two percent of millennials in the poll said they haven't heard of the Holocaust or are not sure whether they have heard of it. Yikes! Well, that's pretty bad. Although, so, if you think about the way American history yes. is taught, like you know, I, I remember my history class, which was very good, but we basically didn't get beyond World War II. Like we we made our way to World War II, and then we were like out of. Then it was like May. We need to do a whole section that is required in like before you graduate high school, required across America, where you learn about all of the major ethnic cleansings that have happened in the last hundred years, two hundred years, and like go for it. It's probably let's start it with uh, the uh, um, American Indians, aka the Native Americans. Uh, the Indians, whatever you want to call them. Well, uh, we could call the class. We go to the Jews. I got a name for the class. I think. I think you could just call the class. So that's why they're mad. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I, um, you know, yeah. I think it's interesting. You're talking about the ethnic cleansings, and you, you bring up the Native Americans. Yeah, you know, we were talking about the the problems that uh, with the conspiracy theorists and and these people with crazy beliefs who are in high positions in our government you know when when we were talking about caputo before you may go okay you know so head spokesperson for health and human services ultimately just a pr flack not really a highly placed government official even though he is but okay that that doesn't work for you how about what if the attorney general said that making people stay socially distanced and inside in order to avoid the spread of a extremely contagious and hazardous disease, what if we compared that to slavery? Yeah. You know, it's saying yeah, it's, not- this is the worst thing, the, the worst infringement on civil liberties in American history since slavery. And you still have yeah, YouTube it, and Netflix, so no. 
<laughs> well, and it it yeah. di- it discounts you know the the treatment of Native Americans and Indigenous peoples that you brought up, Cat. I don't know, maybe throwing Japanese people and Americans of Japanese descent into uh, internment camps. Maybe, maybe yeah. that's a little more of an infringement on civil liberties. Yeah. Uh, trying to uh, tell a woman what she can and can't do with her body. Maybe, maybe slightly more of an infringement. Although with that one, like you just said, Kat, you lose dominion over your own body, but you still have Netflix. So, but although I I do want to remind you to people, to fascists like William Barr, women are not people. So we don't count in his equation. uh, We're a second tier. Um, but to bring it back around to the wave, which we've been referring to a lot of times, I mean, we've a lot of this recent anti-Semitism that's been popping up. I mean, it's hundreds of years old, but it's kind of having this like resurgence. New resurgence. Yeah, it's um, it's on the left and the right, which is which is so scary. And I mentioned that before, and it's amazing how many people who are you know, it's um, there's a lot of it among the Black Lives Matter crowd. Um, obviously not everybody in there, but my friend's been digging into it. She was going to the protests and that's where she started to hear stuff and look into things and she's Jewish and, um, she started to be shocked by how some of the major leaders of, you know, who are, who are talking a lot about race, um, you know, you dig a little bit past the first layer of good things that they're saying and then the second layer, they start to say the Jews are all behind this, you know, we got to get rid of them or we got to, you know, yeah. do something to the Jews. And I'm so surprised at how much our nation has failed to educate people and give them the critical thinking to see the things that are on, like, the things on the right, on the left. Like, people will agree with stuff if they, if it agrees with them already, mm-hmm. but they won't challenge things well, um, coming from people who they already trust. Yeah. But and, I think and it's, that's really disappointing to see. In addition to the critical thing or the lack of critical thinking, I think one of the big issues is that history is nuanced. And when it's more complicated, it's a lot harder to boil down into accurate nuggets. And so, you know, when you back, God, I remember back in the 80s when people started comparing the Palestinians to black South Africans living under apartheid. And it, you know, it's a different situation, but it's easier to think you have an understanding of it if you can compare, you know, and I mean, this isn't just politics. This is, this goes down to music. Someone, Hey, I got a new band. Oh, who do you sound like? You know, or you you meet someone who says they're a comedian. Oh, well, you know, who who are your comedic idols? What do you what kind of comedy are you into? And you're able to sort of get an idea of what they're about in terms that you understand. Because whether or not it's accurate, if you can get enough people to believe that, oh yeah, no, this is just like this is just like apartheid. And it's like, no, no, not. No, not really. It isn't. But hey, that's great marketing. And I think they're just jealous. Oh, go ahead. Finish. Oh, well, I was going to say, and then you propagate a system to, you know, not only keep these lies at the, the forefront of discussion, but also to obscure the truth of the history. 
And so the other Arab nations can keep subjugating the Palestinians while using their plight as a cudgel PR-wise against Israel and the Jews at large. So, you know, it's, man, why, why learn history when you can just learn a few things that sound good? And like you were saying, Kat, you know, it's those, these things that I call facts are facts because they support my side of the argument. Yes. Yeah, but are, are they that true? supports my side of the argument, even though it's outrageous and ignites a lot of strong emotions, must be true because I agree with it. And so I will retweet it yeah. rather yeah. than, hey, let me fact check this tweet that came from a complete stranger who I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of it's Read it like on the internet. <laughs> just, just simple logic and being able to use a little bit of math sense to like... Do these things all add up? Like, for instance, okay, so there's definitely some Black Lives Matter. Uh, you know, there is some anti-Semitism from some people. I don't know at what level, but when conservatives are critical of Black Lives Matter as anti-Semitic, while other conservatives are absolutely telling me that, that uh, uh, George Soros created Black Lives Matter, it's like, that makes no fucking sense, you know? Um, I mean, just the, these patterns they see that make no goddamn sense, you know? Yeah, no, there was a guy I knew in college who uh, eventually suffered from late-onset schizophrenia. And okay. one of these, one of those guys who uh, didn't take his meds and not, not a happy story. But when he was... First, like when the when the schizophrenia was first manifesting, he was getting into the whole synchronicity thing with not the police album, but the Pink yeah, Floyd's yeah. Dark Side of the Moon and Wizard of Oz. You know, oh, okay. that a lot of stoners, oh yeah, you know, you got started after the third roar of the MGM lion and it it works out perfectly. And I, I I've done it. Uh there are a couple of cool little coincidences, but yeah, overall, it's it's not a thing. But when he was losing his shit, if I can use the medical terms, he started seeing and looking for other examples of synchronicity, uh, both in terms of art and albums matching up with movies, as well as in life. And it certainly, I'm not saying that's what put him over the edge, but it certainly didn't help. And that's the kind of connection making that Jim, you're you're talking about and that I see with like QAnon and you know these batshit crazy conspiracy theories where people are justifying the most outrageous sounding stuff with you know whatever their moral equivalent of it sounds crazy and that's how they get away with it. Because nobody, oh no, it's it's so crazy. It's true. That's the yeah. proof. And it's like that, yeah. no, that's circular was, logic. It's that's, circular logic, yeah. And I have a, an ex, ex of mine, who was coming down with schizophrenia. And I say it like it's a cold, but I don't know how else. Um, but he, I didn't know at the time that he was. But when I was dating him, you know, he started getting into this whole, I don't know if you've heard this theory, that our 
birth certificates or our social yeah i think it's, it's our currency being traded like financial instruments and that we're like we're actually all slaves um that's that's a conspiracy theory that's out there don't look into it it's stupid and it's not true <laughs> i mean you find you find me the trading app you find me the page for the e-trade well see cat uh, it's it's all in the dark our web human <laughs> It's on. It's on the dark web. Yeah, that's why you know you can't just oh. anyone can't find it. But he started getting into that conspiracy theory, and then just like a month or two later, he had to be hospitalized. So it's it's a real thing. Um, and I also kind of wonder how much culture plays into this, and in, in the sense that you know the QAnon people likely also belong to part of our American culture that doesn't belong doesn't believe in therapy and that doesn't believe in in pharmaceuticals to help with mental health issues so there is probably an overwhelming amount of them that have serious mental health issues and either don't know about it or can't afford help or possibly will never ever get help yeah you know we if they're coming in can't exactly poll for that if they're coming into it mentally ill, then that's a that's a a whole other thing. I mean, that's a terrible thing. But then there's I, I do think people who are not mentally ill, but they have l- low abilities to to reason, uh, get sucked into it as well because they're overwhelmed by not understanding that coincidences occur all the time, and we apply meaning to them that may not be there, right? Like, you know, you can talk with your friend and they say, oh, what a coincidence that blah, blah, blah. And you're like, yeah. However, you know, the coincidence that these two people are wearing the same sweater is going to increase on a colder day. You know, thinking about, well, what? how coincidental, you know? Oh, were they both given... Uh, old Navy gift cards by their friend. Maybe that's why they all matching Old Navy's, you know, whatever it is. Just that ability to kind of you know, think things through, you know. If this was true, what would the conclusion be? Like, if the world is flat and all the planes are flying a secretly separate pattern uh, to cover for the fact that the world is not curved the way they say it is, what does that mean? How much fuel are they wasting to perpetuate this? See, I'm not so concerned with how much fuel they're wasting as how they got the compasses to go along with the whole. Yes. I mean, because that's yes. that's some tough work there. Well, and then you combine that with with a desire for leadership that they can uh, that they can trust and basically you know, it's like the the Simpsons episode when when Homer Simpson becomes the the trash commissioner on the slogan, "Can't somebody else do it?" And it's it's looking for that kind of leadership and refusing to believe. Oh no, he's a good guy. He's a rich guy. He's a businessman. How could he have become a billionaire businessman who hosts a reality TV game show? If he wasn't a good guy, it doesn't happen to people who aren't good guys. He's a good guy. Why would he lie to us? Oh, does this all come back down to prosperity gospel and religion? Wow. <laughs> who'd have thought? I mean, I just, Strange. I didn't make the connection, but that's so true though. Cause they talk about that a lot. You, you watch these shows on TBN that are saying like, Hey, 
you know, you just believe in Jesus and your cupeth will be running over and um, you just have faith and the Lord will bless you. And if you're bad, then the Lord's not going to bless you. And like, see, I had a friend who stopped going to church and now she's a homeless person. Like they, <laughs> they use stories like that. And um, so there's a big chunk of the country who, who thinks in that way. And I think those are probably ones who are easily convinced like, oh, hey, yeah. Donald Trump wouldn't be rich or the rich people wouldn't be rich if they didn't deserve it. God smiled down upon them. But also at the same time, you know, like those Hollywood elites, right? Well, so in the yeah, interest yeah, of the, the, the leap there, yeah. In in the interest of, of getting rich off the ignorance of the masses, I, I came up with an idea for a candy bar. It, it's called Q-Nut. Sort of a, a, you know, not related, but a nomenclaturally linked to the Zagnut uh, candy bar that you just don't see anymore. So there's a little bit of nostalgia there. But what it is, it's it's a carob coating on a cake of whipped poison. And the the thing about why it's carob on the outside is because it, it just has to look like chocolate to get you in. I need to look up carob because I don't actually know what it is. Oh, really? It's, it's not like, chocolate. Yeah, it's, it's like the health it's, food uh, it, yeah. substitute health for chocolate. Stores. Yeah, it, it always sucks. It's not chocolate. It's it's basically like someone said, um, how could we make, and I, I say this as someone who enjoys raisinets from time to time, but it's, it's like, so, I know they're not a favorite of many, so they're a good example for this. It's like someone took a look at chocolate covered raisins and said how can we make these worse like we want them to yes, look the yes. same but they they need to really suck so yeah that's that's carob <laughs> and i guess the the 70s and and early 80s when there was the big health food craze as people were trying to mitigate the the health effects of cocaine so, well, we should at least eat healthy. So there was this whole health food renaissance, and that's when people said, oh, carob. Because, you know, people who are craving chocolate don't want something that actually tastes good. They just want something that looks like it. Once we're in their mouth, it's too late. <laughs> I think that's that's if there was an official slogan of carob. <laughs> Once we're in your are mouth, you, uh, it's too are, late. Are you looking up carob right now, a cat? uh yes <laughs> it's yeah are you at what exactly is carob anyway the article? yeah pretty much i'm <laughs> mind reading yeah that that explains it it's it's you know what i haven't i don't think i've seen or tasted carob in like 30 years but i remember having it at, at my sister's co-op where she lived in a co-op in, in madison wisconsin when i was 10 she would have been 21. Those Wisconsin yeah. co-ops. What? Those Wisconsin co-ops. Yep, yep. Clothing optional, I'll point out. <laughs> Yikes. Really, really it doesn't your sound eyes? bad. Carob sounds kind of nice. It doesn't. That, yes. No. It doesn't? But it's not <laughs> telling you the truth. Yeah, it's, it's kind of, it feels it's like a, a dessert bait and switch kind of. It is, it's basically the um, raisin oatmeal cookie, you know. Oh. When you think it's uh -oh. like a chocolate chip cookie. Chocolate chip, yeah. But I bet it's cheaper. I'm going to use that for potlucks. <laughs> That's a great way to never get invited to a potluck again. 
Which, awesome. So, yeah, I would say if you are going to use it for potlucks, uh, be sure to put someone else's name on it that you don't like. Will do. Perfect. Because, yeah, if it yeah. is sufficiently bad enough, people will be too embarrassed to ask him or her, hey, so you made those cookies? They'll just, oh, yeah, those are Jim's cookies. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> yeah. But, let, me uh, tell you about, let me tell you about the worst cookies I was ever offered. They were not from Jim. They were from <laughs> Virginia. Virginia was an old lady that lived at the corner, bought her house supposedly with cash. She said she wasn't, eccent- she wasn't crazy because she was wealthy. She was eccentric. Anyway, she would bring these cookies to the July 3rd social in our, at our common ground in my neighborhood. And they would have a lot, not a little, a lot of visible dog hairs. <laughs> because she had made them in her kitchen, in her house, which she shared with about 10 to 12 dogs. Wow. Yeah, you didn't, want you didn't want to eat those cookies. Was, Terrible. Was that kind of, like the kind of thing that people would try and trick each other into eating? <laughs> it was more like you would get there and you'd go, which ones are from Virginia? And then you just go over here and take something else. Yeah. There was a there was a house on my block. In New Orleans? <laughs> You've heard of it. Yeah, it was called the Rising Sun. No, it wasn't, but they let their lawn grow way too long and they put a handful of cat food in your bag at Halloween. Or at least they did one year. Never went back after that. Yikes. It was Yikes. Like, yeah, like, you know, end of the night, you're, you're like, wait, where the fuck did I get cat food from? Jesus. At, oh at least they used the dry stuff. So yeah. small favors, I guess. I got to get going soon because I have to eat. I've, I haven't really eaten my oatmeal. And frankly, I need to make something else because it's gross. On the topic of cat food, uh, we're going to let you go eat, but we uh, I, I want to thank you for being here with us this week. It was uh, it was a good time. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I think, did we accomplish anything? Well, I, I think it was it was cathartic. It was uh, it was good to discuss the things that bother us with other friends. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. That seems like a good place to call it a show. Cat Alvarado, thank you so much for being with us. If you so desire, where can people find out what you've got going on? I know you've got a uh, fundraiser for Joe Biden coming up next month. Yeah, it's the Laugh Across America 12-hour comedy Zoomathon. Um, it all the money goes directly to the Biden campaign. It's literally an Act Blue link. So if you want to go, go to actblue.com/donate/laughacrossamerica. We have Maria Bamford. You guys, Maria Bamford is going to be on one of the shows. That's an awesome get. I don't know how I did it, but Jackie Cation <laughs> helped me, and God bless her. She's a saint. So, and Jackie's doing um, the show so too, many, yeah? Jackie's on the same show, and oh my God. it It's been amazing seeing all these comedians come together to make something happen. If only they would promote. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah. So please, uh, please donate. Please come watch. Um, come support it so that I don't have egg on my face that's visible by literally everyone. You guys, I don't know how. I think it's because I have so many good people in the lineup. Industry is watching. And uh, 
Fuck. They're liking the things. I'm like, oh, is that the VP of alternative content development at NBC? That's cool. Great. Comedy Central is following me. Like their talent guy, their talent coordinator is following the event. And I'm like, oh, so follow it on Zoom at Laugh Across America. You can also listen to my podcast, but that's not what this is about. I just want to promote Laugh Across America right now. So check that out at LaughXAmerica on Twitter, or you can email at LaughAcrossAmerica at Gmail. You can also find us on Facebook. Just look for it. Laugh Across America. Go. Oh, donate. Yes, please. Thank right you. On. Well, thank you so much for being here. Laugh Across America. Very worthy cause. And uh, now more important than ever. So... Thank you so much for being here. Jim Coughlin, always a pleasure to have you with us as well. Should you so desire, where can people catch up with you and what you've got going on? You mentioned uh, you're doing a benefit as well. Yeah, it's a different one. I'll be watching Cats and donating to Cats. And then uh, the next week, uh, Tau Comedy Studio is having a benefit for themselves uh, because... They, uh, you know, I think they do a lot for the comedy community in L.A. Anyway, T.A.O. Comedy Studio. And uh, I'm at, uh, I could give you my Twitter address. That would be at, lovely. <laughs> yeah. At M-R-J-I-M-C-O-U-G-H-L-I-N. That's at Mr. Jim Coughlin. Right on. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. Me, I'm Dr. David Robinson. You can find me on the Facebook as Dr. David Robinson, all spelled out. Uh, on the Twitter, I am at Stand Up Fall Down. If you've made it this far into the show, you probably already know, but it bears repeating that we are also on the socials. On Facebook, all spelled out, we are Let's Be treasonable and on the twitter we are at l-e-t-s-b-t-r-e-a-s-o-n-a-b-l we take off the ease and pass the savings on to you the listener speaking of you the listener I want to thank you for listening if you like the show tell everyone you know rate and review us on the platforms where you're listening even the platforms where you're not listening if you have the time to do it why not? If you didn't like it, well, that's fine too. You don't tell anyone. We won't tell anyone. Everybody's happy. We will be back next week. Hopefully you will too. Until then, goodbye. 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 goodbye.